Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins... I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This encounter happened many years ago and I was very young at the time. It was in 2001 or 2002 and I was 11 or 12. My uncle was interested in purchasing some land near Red Oak, Oklahoma. I don't know exactly where but it was several acres in a very remote area. My father, mother and myself, we all decided to accompany him one Saturday to just scope out the property. From our home, it was a little more than a three-hour drive, but we all love riding in the car, so while it was not going to be the most eventful road trip, we went just to get out of the house. Upon arrival, I remember being very underwhelmed by the place. No houses were anywhere near the place, and hardly even any signs of life at all, apart from like a few birds, and the wooded area wasn't exactly what I would call picturesque or anything. Still though, we parked our car off the road to go explore the woods a little. My uncle was talking about buying the land for hunting, not really my cup of tea. As we walked through the woods, it was a pretty nice day, but still something just felt off. Everyone in our group remarked about the eerie feeling, but my dad and uncle seemed to laugh it off. My mum had goosebumps and kept looking over her shoulder, which made me on edge too. She was very insistent though that it was weird and she wanted to leave, saying it felt like she was being watched. After a bit of hiking, I noticed that there was a small red building. I've seen bigger storage sheds in the suburbs, but it looked really well built. My uncle said that there was nothing about it on the listing, so we went to peek inside. The door was open and inside there were open cans of food, a ready blanket on the floor and... 
It stunk unlike anything I'd ever smelt before. Following this discovery though, we all agreed that it would be best to get back to the car if there was some crazy hermit living in the woods we didn't want to be around to find him. The only issue was that we had walked pretty far into the woods and now weren't exactly sure which direction was correct. But the eerie feeling really amped up at this point and we were all on edge. We ended up trekking another mile before we finally found the road, but we were further down from where we had parked the car, but at least we could just follow the road now. Walking along the road though, we came across a, a truly unsettling sight. Right in the middle of the asphalt was a dark grey cat that had been set on fire. I have no idea why a cat was out in the middle of nowhere or how it came to be killed and set alight like that. Obviously though, this had just happened, but there was nobody in sight. Naturally, we ran the rest of the way to the car, and when we got there, there was a huge scratch in the paint all down the side of it from the hood to the trunk. Thankfully, it was the only damage and my dad was able to start it without any trouble and we just drove away as fast as we possibly could. My heart is sped up just recounting this moment, definitely one of the scariest of my life. Needless to say though, my uncle did not buy the land. And I'll always remember this terrifying encounter, but like anything over time, I sort of pushed it to the back of my mind and it just became one of those odd moments you occasionally retell at a family get-together years later. So much that it's almost a bit of a funny story now. The reason why I'm sharing this though is because I was actually reminded of it last night while binge-watching some episodes of BuzzFeed Unsolved on YouTube when they shared the story of a family that disappeared in that same area while also looking at some land for sale. The disappearance of the Jamison family is the name of the mystery in the video if you're interested. And the family allegedly died in the same area that we were searching roughly seven years after we made our trip there. There are some theories about their deaths including the allegations of some sort of cult in the area. Complete with something even about dead cats. Coincidence? Probably but the whole story gave me chills. So, if my family narrowly avoided being killed by some witches or a cult or whatever, or if we just stumbled upon a hermit who didn't want us in the woods, I'm just glad that we got out in one piece. So when I was about 11, maybe 12, my family and I moved out to the middle of some abandoned strip mines in rural Alabama. Let me tell you, it was awesome. Going swimming in the quarries, lots of abandoned equipment and cliff faces to climb, caves and miles and miles of trails, abandoned dirt roads used by the mines too, and all of it we could explore. The trade-off though was there were a lot of venomous snakes, and at night, it got really dark real quick. But there were no street lights, just the occasional porch light maybe every mile or so on the main road. But we loved it because of all the freedom that we had. But one day in particular though, my friend P and I were out on one of the dirt roads that went off to the side of the main road. We hadn't been down that road before, but it was like 10am on a bright summer day and we figured why not. We had gone maybe a mile down that road and came to a left-hand turn eventually. 
and beside that left-hand turn and alongside that road that we were walking on was a sort of small lake. We walked up to this lake and were watching small frogs and a turtle swimming around when I caught movement across the lake. I saw a man walking away from us, heading up the hill. I poked pee and pointed, who's that? Why is he out here? We were miles into the mines at this point, no people anywhere, no houses nearby and we both stood up. As soon as we got right on our feet too, he stopped walking and in a split second, he just spun around and came running in our direction. We bolted and I mean we ran like gump. I looked back and he was running faster than any human that I'd ever seen though. He covered the distance. He had to run down the hill and around the lake to get close to us. That route was easily 300 yards, but he got to us in seconds. P grabbed me and we jumped off the road and into a ditch behind some bushes. I peeked out and he was maybe 30 or 40 inches from us, spinning around in the road, making this awful grunting sound. Weirdly enough, I swear he had an entire cooked chicken in his hand. He was wearing destroyed overalls, dirty boots, and he had what I can only describe as a, a Cro-Magnon brow. Huge. My memory might not be super accurate given how long it's been, but it seemed like his forehead stuck out a good four inches over his eyes too. He was the, the scariest thing that I'd ever seen. He just spun around in the road and started running back the way that he came too. We just stayed there in that ditch for almost an hour, I think, afraid to move, listening and watching in case he was hiding and waiting for us. Eventually, we crawled along the roadside all the way back to the main road. From there, we walked but stayed in the tree line until we saw the main paved road. And then when we got there, we just ran, ran all the way back home got home, told our fathers and both of our fathers and P's older brothers loaded up and went looking for him but never found a thing. All these years later and it still haunts me what I saw that day. Oh and uh, my girlfriend recently took me out to her grandmother's house to meet and spend time with her family and where does her dear old granny live? Yeah you guessed it, right on the edge of those same strip mines. I told her the story and she looked really serious at me and said, you guys are really lucky. There's all kinds of bad things that happen in those mines. So yeah, every visit to grandma means the Glock and the 12 gauge ride with us. And that was the creepiest encounter that I've ever had. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. When I was eight years old, my family moved from my original childhood home in a 120-year-old house with a lot of history. It was a beautiful house, but there had been a big fire in it many years ago, and it was abandoned for like 15 years. I really didn't like the house when we first moved. The energy just felt off and I felt like I was constantly being watched. There were certain rooms where the energy felt so off that I refused to go in there alone. We also ended up moving my bedroom after one or two years because I hated the energy in the room and just couldn't explain it to anyone. My parents wrote these feelings off as just being a scared eight-year-old but the feelings about specific rooms maintained until we moved out when I was 18. A lot of strange occurrences happened during the 10 years that I lived in this house, so much so that in high school, I started to wonder if I could be schizophrenic. Even though these occurrences happened exclusively at home and since moving, I haven't experienced anything. I was constantly seeing things out of the corner of my eye or hearing footsteps when I was home alone, but... I'm going to share two experiences that really stand out in my memory. So for my 13th or 14th birthday, I had a few girlfriends sleep over in the living room. Some of them had never been to my house before and I didn't tell them anything about it because I just wanted everyone to have a good time and not feel spooked. The next morning though, one friend asked why my dad was walking between our sleeping bags for a while last night. I immediately knew that that wasn't my dad. My parents went up to bed while we were still awake and my dad confirmed that he didn't get up in the night. My friend though didn't particularly want to sleep over after that first night and to be honest I couldn't blame her. Another experience that I vividly remember happened when I was coming home from a party in high school one day. It was after midnight but I was definitely sober because I drove that night. I was entering the back door that was in the backyard and opened into the kitchen, but we never used the front door of our house, and as I was putting my key in the door, I looked through the glass pane on the door. The view went straight through to the kitchen and into the hallway near the front of the house, and at one side of the hallway wall, in view, was a full-length mirror hanging up, and in the brief few seconds that I was looking through the glass on the door, I saw a very distinct solid looking figure run out of the mirror. I know that this is going to sound weird but it looked like it was in the position that sprinters are in when they sort of crouch down to start a race and it looked like it was wearing a royal blue sort of morph suit. Weird I know but that's what I thought that I saw. The figure ran out of the mirror and dissipated into the staircase on the other side of the hallway. After seeing that I I remember booking into my bedroom, closing the door and falling asleep with the lights on and the TV on that night. All that being said, I believe that whatever was in my house with us wasn't malicious. 
We took good care of the house and I like to think that the spirits appreciated us for that. I don't know if that's just me trying to make myself feel better or if that's actually what happened. So I absolutely want to make clear that this story is true. My wife and I both witnessed this and we'll never forget what we saw last night. I'm a 43-year-old man, a former marine with a lot of time at sea and a former railroader. So I have been to a lot of places that are just hard to get to for most folks and I have never seen anything like what we saw last night. It happened on Highway 50 in between Penrose and Pueblo, Colorado. My wife was working a closing shift in Cannon City last night. I left and made the drive west as usual. After she clocked out, we went to pick up our son from his job, only to find that he wasn't working last night. On the drive back from there, you pass Penrose, and then there's this place that I've always called the Big Hole. The Big Hole is actually called Pierce Gulch. There is a significant drop in elevation, and then you immediately climb back up hence the nickname, but as we were approaching Big Hole at about 12.40am, something travelling from north to south crossed all four lanes and median of Highway 50 at an incredible rate of speed. We were the only vehicle out there at this time of night and we nearly hit it. It was roughly three feet tall I would say and had long brown hair everywhere and again this thing was just booking it faster than any animal I had ever seen or even heard of. My wife was driving and had our son on speakerphone. She was startled and looked at me and asked, what the heck was that? By this time we were down in the bottom of the gulch and headed back up the hill. We told our son what we saw and she got off the call. We discussed it for a second and decided to go back and see if maybe it had gotten caught in the barbed wire fence or something. Maybe there was some trace of this thing and we both were amazed by how fast it was moving though. By 12.45 we had travelled back to the west side of the gulch and turned around. There wasn't any traffic so my wife just slowly rolled down the shoulder of the highway and I had my window down and was shining a flashlight that I had in the car out into the field. But there isn't much out there obviously except for cactus and stuff like that. But as we came up on the approximate area, we saw this thing i told my wife hey look do you see those eyes she said yes and stopped the car 10 yards or so on the other side of the fence was a pair of very bright very blue eyes but not far off the ground i was thinking that we probably were looking at a coyote or something it was looking directly back at us though what happened next I will never forget as long as I live because whatever those eyes belonged to stood up like a man does, like a six, seven foot man. They were still looking at us. Whatever it was that flew across the road at like Mach 2, this was definitely it. This was the hairy thing that we saw and there was a moment of sort of disbelief and shock I think. And then as it registered that we found the thing and it wasn't just some animal... The fear kicked in. I told my wife to go, just get out of here. It all seemed like slow motion though. 
She floored the gas and the thing watched us leave and we already knew that this thing was incredibly fast so she drove as fast as she could up and out of the gulch and I was looking out the back window and checking mirrors. My wife was afraid that it might be following us. Thankfully it wasn't and I didn't want to make things worse by admitting that I was worried too. We drove very fast for several minutes. We talked but it was like we were sort of each talking to ourselves like what was that and was it waiting for us? Soon the lights from the west were ahead and we were back into civilization. Once we got into the city we finally started to relax a bit. We talked until we got home and then checked the car for anything. We couldn't really go to sleep for hours after that. My wife got online and was searching for anything that matched the creature that we saw. She found some stories, paranormal in nature, of other people witnessing a creature that sounded exactly like the one that we had seen. But she has to work the same shift tonight, so on our way out to the city, we're going to stop and go out into the field where we saw this thing and see if there's any evidence. Footprints or hair or something. I'll update you guys if I find anything unusual. Wish me luck. So I take my dad's ashes up to Glacier National Park every year. I lived in Colorado when this story happened and I was headed south through Idaho after I had visited Montana. My car broke down in Idaho and a nice man helped me out. I was headed through the mountains to Boise to visit a friend. It was a five hour drive before I entered the truly mountainous section of Idaho and I saw a hot spring on the side of this two lane highway along the Salmon River. I decided to take a dip after the stress of having my car breaking down. The hot spring had a bathhouse up at the top near the road and a wheelchair ramp that went down to the area near the springs where they were on the side of the river. People had created little sort of bath-shaped sections in the river that were separated by river stones. Actually, you could sit in a spot that was shaped like a hot tub so that it held the water from the hot springs while the river rushed over it. I got out of my car in any case and headed down to the hot spring. I took my dog with me. It was twilight. About every half an hour a car passed by. Knowing that I was alone, essentially, I took off my top. I was sitting in the hot spring and actually took a photo of a car approaching. The car pulled up next to mine in front of the bathhouse. It was a truck with three men in it. Seamlessly, too, one man got out of the driver's side and two men got out of the passenger side. They moved without qualms and were covered in sort of heavy black gear. They looked like hunters maybe, but I couldn't see the expressions on their faces. The driver headed down the wheelchair ramp towards me, not hesitating. He took big long strides. I recognized that there was danger in this. The two passengers from the other side of the car headed down the steep bank along the wheelchair ramp, taking a shortcut. I was now stuck in between both parties. Hastening, I hid and dressed myself under water while my dog growled. He never growls, mind you. I've only ever heard him growl like all of twice in my life, and this was the second time. The driver kept walking towards me. He walked onto the rocks in the river too, continuously walking towards me, even though he was covered in heavy gear that if he actually fell in, he would be super waterlogged. The other two passengers from the side of the car were also walking on the rocks directly in front of me now. The driver got so close that I had to grab my dog before he lashed out at the driver. 
I was freaking out obviously. The man was walking out onto the stone so he could reach me and he was not hesitating one bit. Still though I couldn't see his face but I grabbed my phone, my keys and my clothes. I dragged my dog in between the two parties. My heart is in my ears. The driver would not stop and he turned around very quickly making an arc coming for me still. He was still taking big strides as well and the passengers were walking towards me as well. I was trapped in between them and in the end I had to run up the bank dragging my dog pretty much by his collar all the way into my car. And the only way that I could get into my car without them grabbing me was by throwing my dog into the back and lunging myself into the passenger side door of my car. I threw my keys into the ignition and turned them right when the men were walking up between my car and their car. I happened to hit the lock button on the door right when they walked up and before anything else happened or before I saw their faces, I ended up throwing myself into the driver's seat, reversing my car and hightailing it right out of there. I drove about 20 minutes down the road, I crossed the river on the bridge and I hid my car behind a bank near other campers. It was well hidden from the main road. The campers were looking at me wondering what was going on and I sat and I waited. Another 10 minutes passed by and lo and behold, the truck drove by. There was no doubt in my mind that the hunters, they were looking for me and I managed to wait another half an hour and then drove up to the mountains, over to Boys and into safety. My dad owns some land in eastern Kentucky where I frequently ride and hike and hang out in the woods on my own. Currently the trails that we use are overgrown with many trees down so we can't actually take our ATVs up the mountain and neither can anyone else. Surrounding the property is 4,000 acres of logging property and an old train tunnel that nobody really goes near. Sometimes our neighbors will walk our trails but they only do it with their dogs or take up their ATVs and typically only go at night to hunt or whenever we aren't there, mainly because they know that we don't condone them being on our property. Today though, I decided to do some homework out near the creek which runs through the main holler, which is a normal occurrence for me really. At this time though, I decided to go back up much further into the woods than I typically do, just because I wanted to explore a bit more. Knowing the property pretty well, there was a trail above my head up the mountain about 100 feet that was overgrown that nobody could have gotten to on foot, not without a lot of work at least. I was hanging out as usual and I'd been out in the woods for maybe an hour and a half at this point. It was around 5. Being summertime though, the hollow was still lit up enough that I was comfortable out there. It had gotten quiet all of a sudden though and I suddenly heard a man yell, Hey! almost like someone was trying to get my attention. The yell was very casual and conversational and it sounded almost like when my dad yells hey at me. As soon as I heard it, I knew that it was coming from the trail above my head and I also knew that I didn't hear anyone walk around, any tree limbs snapping, which there were a bunch on the ground up there, or even any leaves rustling. I immediately got out of my hammock and started back to my car and out of the woods. I didn't hear another hey or anything else. I got to my car and made it home and told my dad about what happened. He tried to explain it saying that it could have been a neighbor but we realized that that wasn't very likely even if it was a neighbor because I'd never met any of them and why would they try to get my attention if they didn't know me and 
knew they weren't supposed to be on the property in the first place. That's when he told me that he had also heard something unexplainable out in the hollow by himself too. You see, he said earlier one morning when he was clearing trails, he heard a shriek that put chills down his spine. Growing up in the woods, he knows the sounds that foxes, bobcats and all those animals make. And he's certain that it wasn't that. He'd never actually heard something like this before. He also mentioned that upon talking to the locals about the property, they called the holler that I was in the Devil's Den. But we haven't gotten the chance to ask why yet. If anybody knows what might be out there though and how to defend myself, I'm all ears. Also, if you have any questions about anything, ask away and I'll do my best to answer. My parents moved from Ireland to Middle England in the early 90s, into a house that was built in the early 1900s. It's a pretty Georgian, semi-detached, and next door, which used to be part of the garden, an older couple lived who came very close to my family and were basically our grandparents. The woman, M, grew up in our house, and they built their house in what was once the garden and ours to look after their aging mother and mother-in-law. M's mother was a wealthy woman, they had live-in maids and would have been quite upper class back in the day. But unfortunately, her children were all ailing in some way. Her eldest boy died at four and M had diabetes. In fact, she was one of the first people to receive insulin which saved her life in her late teens. And the youngest boy was very disabled, physically challenging and non-verbal. My granddad Jay thought that he may have had some sort of a locked-in syndrome with quite a lot of intellectual gifts beneath an inability to communicate and mental illness too. By the way, I lost my granddad last year. M died many years ago. He was my best friend and a soulmate. A war veteran at 101 died alone due to COVID, which was just really unfair. I'd love anyone listening to this to spare a thought for his memory as he was the most awesome dude that I'd ever met. I have so many stories from him and his century-long life. If anyone wants me to start to separate a, another story about that, I would love to do it. But anyway, in 2011, after working far too hard in my early 20s and my first job after university, college for my transatlantic cousins, I felt totally burnt out to be honest. Six years of intense higher-level schooling and then a 60-hour work week. Nah, so I moved back for a bit just to take a breather whilst finding another job. Three weeks in of my being there, the disabled brother, Granddad Jay's brother-in-law, unfortunately died. He would have been in his 90s. In 2011 too it began within days of Jay's brother-in-law's death. First of all, just a kind of, I don't know, an eerie feeling as if I was being watched. I wondered if I'd developed some kind of anxiety problem, as I had suffered panic attacks for a brief spell in my teens. Then, scratching. We'd never had a bird or a mouse problem before, so I asked my parents. My dad was so often working away, to be honest, but he was there sometimes. I asked them if we should have pest control come over and check the walls of the house. They said that it had only been quite recently, so we should wait for a while. Maybe it was some roosting pigeons nestling the last weeks of their fledglings or something like that. But then, 
a kind of tapping or rapping sound started, almost like someone was gently knocking from within the bricks of the house. I became so used to the strange sounds too around me that I lost all interest in trying to find the source. Usually, taps, knocks, and bangs were all accounted for. I presumed maybe old pipes had become unsecured or next door had rats. But I also ignored the fact that we lived in the house for 20 years and had none of these problems before. One morning, though, I woke up with a, a bit of a start. It was dusk, about 5am. The old TV that had sat abandoned for six years in the corner of my brother's old room where I was sleeping was now clicking madly. The walls were scratching. The knocking, even though the heating was off and it was summer so no pipes could have been causing it, was just in a frenzy. I stared around for a few seconds, completely in terror and shock, and realized almost instantly that this, this was paranormal energy. When I say the energy was frenzied, I mean it too. It was like a, a quietish cacophony. I filmed it on my old phone, in fact, and have it on my laptop somewhere. And when people say that you can't film this stuff, yes, you can. I know nothing about the paranormal. In fact, I used to laugh at horror films. So why would it come into my head so strongly and completely that this was what it was? I found that really strange. This went on for days, though, and I even mentioned it to my mom. She laughed it off. My mum is an accountant and super intelligent and a practical person. She is where unnecessary drama goes to die, to be honest. But I googled it and I found an article. And what was creepy about it, and scares me to this day, was that it was textbook what was happening to me. The scratches, the tappings, how it seemed to be getting louder and how the sounds began to feel intentional. Like three obvious knocks rather than just tapping. Really human. Also, that I never felt fear like it. I could have a wonderful evening, laughing with friends. They go home, I'd go to bed feeling warm and wonderful, and then I awoke. Unlike ever before in my life, somewhere between like 3am and 5am too, with the most unbelievable sense of dread that frankly did not feel like it came from me. I mean, I did not feel like the source of it or anything. And then, the nightmares came. I felt like the more that I thought about it, the more it fed off my energy or something. Like there was a legit psychological level to all of this. That was the worst part of all of it too. The nightmares, they were always the same as well. I woke up, only I couldn't move. Sleep paralysis, I guess. And there was a dark presence in the room. Sometimes in the form of a shadow in the corner, a large male shadow and the most ominous feeling that I've ever felt terror and danger unlike anything that I could ever have imagined. I had never and have never had nightmares before or since this too. Maybe the odd small one but I don't really get them. But what I mean is that I haven't had any experience like it since actually. Typing about it even spooks me out because I feel like the energy you let out is whatever this thing fed on. Despite this though I just chalked it up to anxiety and told my mum that I was no longer sleeping in that room and she said that she would swap. So I chose to go on the sofa instead. The next few days were fine and peaceful too. Until mum came down one morning completely ashen faced. I asked if she was okay and she described getting sleep paralysis even though she didn't know what it was 
for the first time in her life, may I add, and described, well, my experience. The male shadow figure, I had never told her about this by the way, in that same corner, with the same feeling. Jay's brother-in-law was over six foot by the way, and he was an angry, tortured soul. And that room, it was Em's old room. She also had the classic incubus thing. I didn't have that thankfully, but when I told her to Google it and it was a real thing, she was horrified how similar her experiences were to others because she had never heard this either. Things got worse from there too. Whatever this was grew angrier and angrier and every night just as you were about to drift into sleep, literally that second of losing consciousness, there would be a huge bang on the bed's headboard like the whole strength of an incredibly strong man wrenching you from sleep. It was happening in every room now too. It was at this time that we started to get insomnia. Not sleeping for the best part of like three months is, well, terrible, let me tell you. I was getting really fed up though and was just a nervous wreck and it was at this point that I decided to move out. But before I did, I called a carbon monoxide person to check for leaks and there wasn't any. A week before I moved out, things started happening in the day and even my father, who would angrily shut it all down repeatedly, he's more stubborn than an ocean of mules and hates anything remotely dramatic or whimsical, He's a working class Irishman scientist through and through and deeply resents the magical thinking of the Catholic stuff. He was brought up with it. But even he agreed to finally get some spiritual help. Maybe even a priest. The night that we decided on that too, I woke up with one of the huge bangs. Only to find books on my floor. I finally had evidence to show my parents and they couldn't deny that. I didn't throw them. I couldn't have in fact. I didn't even leave my bed. I just screamed and they came in and they would have heard if I had left my bed. Those last few days included audible growls at some points. I even recorded a few. Incredibly strong smells of male sweat mixed with some kind of ammonia. And my sister, she was visiting and I, running and screaming almost over to the neighbor's house because I was explaining how the knocks were intentional, like sometimes one, two, three. And as soon as I finished saying that, three there were. Three very loud, intentional knocks on the door right next to us. Also, my name was whispered so many times. Whatever this was wanted us to know that it was hearing us. My mum said that she was also pushed across the landing against the wall in the middle of the day at one point. But in any case, I left. Mum went to church for the first time in like 20 years. She only went a few times, but she said that it helped. I came back to visit three months later. One morning when I heard my mum come down for breakfast, I turned to her and we both said, it's gone, at the same time. Like I said, I've never had any experience before or since like this, me or anyone in my family too. Never had any bad nightmares in the 10 years since. I now have this theory too that humans are monumentally egotistical when it comes to thinking that the universe begins and ends within the realms of our limited five senses. It's not completely unfeasible to think that there are sentient beings or entities or maybe even animals we cannot easily detect. So, do I believe? Oh... No, not resolutely, because it was only one period of time in my life and it was fairly short and contained. 
But do I now keep a very open mind where I once laughed it all off? Absolutely. My dad denied it ever happened, but mum and I, we aren't so foolish. Lastly, please feel free to ask me any questions too. There's so much I haven't said and it happened like over 10 years ago, so there's a lot I've forgotten I would guess and will probably remember if prompted. Also, my fingers hurt and I want to stop for now. I just want to send some love and some peace to all of you guys as well after such a difficult global pandemic and I hope this story doesn't upset anyone. That's not my intention. It's more for an open discussion and to just get it off my chest. For anyone who may be scared though, I moved back to this house four years later and I'm still here and it remains one of the most lovely and homely feeling places ever. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased though. I guess what I'm just trying to say is that I've never experienced anything like it since. And I guess you could say that nothing is bad forever. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extrahelp Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.